Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily. It is the Friday before the Super Bowl. Got to get through one more work day, everybody. One more. And then it's party time this weekend. Chiefs fans ready and, uh, well, able to take down another Super Bowl. If it's up to us, we both pick the Chiefs. Jacob Albrock's here alongside Tommy Castor. Jad Chambers producing. Uh, Lots of fun coming up today. We'll have the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, joining us in the next segment. We'll look ahead to the weekend for K-State. Look ahead to the weekend, of course, for KU and Wichita State hoops as well. Get you some of the sound from Las Vegas yesterday, the Niners and the Chiefs both talking. So we'll dig into that a little bit as we make our way through this. Uh, It's, you know... Tommy, it's the last Friday before we have football. Like, all of these things happening, it's it's kind of a sad day in that regard. Like, what what are we going to do with our lives without football? Man, like, I always like it, that's though. That's it. I mean, I, of course, I'm going to miss the football season, but then you can really dive into college basketball and March Madness. Then the Masters right around the corner. Spring is my favorite season of the entire year, so I'm, I'm always all about it. Although I am going to miss football. Um, you know, but it's good because I feel like it dominates life so much for so long. It's going to be nice to get yeah. a little breather. It, it, that's true. I, I, I'm with you on that. It is not, but then I'm ready for it to be back. Like by the time the draft rolls around, I'm like, all right, yeah. like, what are we doing here? Like, where, where's our football? Um, so I, I, uh, I'll miss it. You're into, you know, golf on television a little more than I am. Um, but I love the masters Like you're right. March madness. Like, I feel like football doesn't interrupt March Madness, though. Like it's it's a it's great now, right? College basketball and football. My favorite is when those two merge. Probably now, when baseball's good, that's probably the best. Like October, right? Like when you got good baseball and that kind of thing. So it's all good. We'll be fine. We got one more to play, and it'll be a good one. And you know, it's it's uh, it's one that. There are very mixed feelings on how this game is going to go, which is which makes it good. You know, last year's game was a fun one. This year's game, I think, lines up to be even more competitive. I heard 
I don't remember who it was yesterday. Somebody talking about the teams the Chiefs have gone up against in the postseason and trying to compare this one to any of those. And I'm not sure who I would compare it to. Uh, you know, they're not as good defensively as they were the first time they played the Chiefs. Not as good defensively, uh, you know, statistically, I don't think, as the Eagles were coming in last year. The Buccaneers, it, it it may be like the Buccaneers, right? A, an insanely high-powered offense, and then the Buccaneers just had one big defensive performance in that game. But that wasn't a world-beating defense all season either. So maybe that's the comparison, and maybe that's bad news for the Chiefs. I don't know. But it's I, I don't know how to compare this challenge because it's not like Buffalo. It's not like Baltimore, I don't think. It may be more like Buffalo. Baltimore's defense was better than San Francisco's is. Uh, they had a an explosive offense, too, but I think it's very different to defend Baltimore's offense than it is Kansas City's uh, – sorry, than it is San Francisco's offense. Is that fair? Like, they're both really good, but they're good for totally different reasons. Well, I think that what San Francisco brings to the table is a lot more versatility than Baltimore does. You knew exactly the way that Baltimore could score. And with San Francisco, they've got, I think – different kinds of weapons and different ways that they can score the football. Like you knew at Baltimore that running the football, it was primarily going to be Lamar Jackson. And yeah, they've got multiple running backs like Gus Edwards and, you know, others to run the football, but that's not the focal point of their offense. It's Lamar at quarterback. I mean, hell he's the MVP of the year, right? You know? And so uh, you knew that he was going to, run a lot you knew that he could probably throw his way you know to some touchdowns and that sort of thing too so you really had to work on limiting him uh and they've he's got a great tight end and and mark andrews also but uh for san francisco a lot more versatility and they can go to a lot more guys to score and to get big chunk plays whether you're talking about McCaffrey out of the backfield or any of one of their great receivers and of course George Kittle is one of the best out there so there are a lot of different ways that the Niners can score and that makes it a little bit more challenging I think for Kansas City yeah I I, th- I agree I think it'll be you know Baltimore was I, I think the better offense in total but I think that San Francisco's does provide more challenges to Kansas City um, I just, you know, stylistically, I, I think that that matchup is going to be more difficult for a defense that's going to be down, you know, it's down one of its key defensive linemen and we'll see how healthy Chris Jones is. We'll see how healthy Willie Gay is like there, there's a lot of this and you're not, it'll never come to this because of Mahomes and Kelsey and the fact that they've won these Super Bowls, but like there's it with just within the game, there's certainly been more adversity, I think for the chiefs. Uh, than there have been the 49ers, especially lately because of these injuries. Spags has the time to prepare. I'm fascinated by all of it. I'm fascinated. I I told you yesterday, Mahomes-Bosa is just so interesting to me because you know Bosa's getting in there, right? Like he's going to be into the backfield. So how do the Chiefs offset that? How does Mahomes offset that like he does, right? He's Houdini back there. He's Gumby a little bit, like all the things that he does. Does that hold up against one of the best in the business? Like there are so many little individual matchups that that I'm just fascinated by, right? Uh, can can these great middle linebackers for San Francisco do anything with Travis Kelsey? Probably they will against Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, can you, you know? It, it it just there isn't to me like this clear definitive path for either team. Right. Like it's just 
it's it you could make about a thousand different cases one way or the other why one team's going to beat the other one. It really is an interesting and fascinating matchup and that's what I mean I'm I'm probably of all the Super Bowl matchups that the Chiefs have been in through this stretch the most intrigued by this one. I certainly have less of a feel for this one than I did the others. Um but that makes it more fun. Like that that you know and you looked at the beginning of the year once we saw Philadelphia, you know, stumble a little bit and it looked like okay, well they're not the same team last year. I mean, it's you've looked at the 49ers the whole time. Like if you're a Chiefs fan wondering like who are we going to play in the Super Bowl? It's been the 49ers for a long time. This is the matchup I think that football deserves, right? These are the two best teams. And I don't, you know, no offense to Baltimore or Buffalo or anything like that, but these are the two best teams, right? These are the best representatives of their conference. We got that last year too, I think. Um, but that that also makes it fun. Like this feels like a true heavyweight bout. No no real underdog. You can talk about that. You know, Mahomes is an underdog from a betting perspective, but the Chiefs are not an underdog in this game. Not not like the Lions were underdogs, right in the NFC Championship. Don't get me wrong. I definitely am glad the Chiefs are in it, and I'm picking them to win, and I want them to win. I kind of disagree with you. I think Baltimore and San Francisco would have been, I mean, they were the two number one seeds. I mean, Baltimore had a great record throughout the regular season and dominated. They just fell to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. So I disagree with you there. I love the fact that this is the matchup, though. I'm not complaining about it one bit. Um... Boy, I don't, yeah, well, you know I don't agree. I've been I, I've been saying it for a long time. You've been down that, on that, the Ravens that, all right. along. Plus, we already saw the Ravens and the and the 49ers. We didn't need to see that again. We haven't seen this one yet. We'll come back. Wyatt Thompson will shift gears a little bit, shift into college hoops. We'll do that when we return on Sports Daily. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. Your new radio home for K-State Athletics, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. It's that time, Sports Daily, getting all the inside information on Kansas State. Let's go now to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is Sports Daily on this Friday ahead of the Super Bowl. Wyatt Thompson joins us. Real quick, Wyatt, before we get into uh, K-State hoops this weekend, who are you picking in the Super Bowl? Oh, you got to go with the Chiefs, right? I I, I just can't go against Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, So impressed with him being there on two fronts, one for the last five years, and then getting there by winning road games at Buffalo and at Baltimore. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? I do. I do. This will be the yeah. toughest challenge. We're with you. We both we both have them, too. And, you know, sometimes yeah. that logic is sound, right? And it's where it's worked out for him. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fantastic. You got hey, you'll be pretty close to Vegas out there, at least a lot closer than you are from here out there in Utah. Are you yeah. ready for the trip? Is this your first time to BYU? Actually, no. Uh, back in what I describe as my previous life at Colorado State before I came to K-State, I had been to Provo many, many times. Um, a lot of years we were in the whack together there and then later in the Mountain West. And it, I, I will tell you this, I think K-State fans are going to enjoy going out there. I, I've heard of, of a few already making plans to go out there this fall for football. Um, it, it's a very unique place, obviously. Uh, it's a picturesque setting. 
Uh, their basketball arena is just a little less than 18,000, and they normally pack it. They've got a really good team this year. And football is just such – the setting is so great because it's right there, you know, at the Wasatch Mountains. And it, it's it's one of the best venues in the country from my perspective. So, yeah, I, I think our fans are going to love it. Man, you know what's crazy, Wyatt? The metrics love BYU basketball this season. And, you know, I, I haven't really watched a lot of their games. I mean, I know they're brand new in the conference. What do we know about yeah. BYU and what kind of challenge awaits the Wildcats? Well, I'll tell you what really stands out. Um, everybody talks about the prowess with the three-point shooting. They make, not take, make about 12 threes a game. That, that's pretty impressive. But if you dig deeper and, and start to analyze them, I think you have, you have a very veteran team, which is always good. You have really good balance. Um, and, and I think I counted six guys that averaged double figures. I did an interview with uh, some of their guys out there at an ESPN radio station in Provo yesterday, and they said, uh, do, you, do you know of anybody in the league that, that is like BYU in terms of that balance as opposed to having a, a Hunter Dickinson or somebody like that up top? And the only team that I could think of maybe w- would be maybe Baylor. Um, but you get the idea. They're, they're balanced. They're veteran. They shoot the three. But here's one thing that I'll tell you. They're more physical than you think they are. They're better defensively than you think they are. And with Ali Khalifa back, he's missed the last two games with an illness, and he's expected to play in the game tomorrow night. They literally have what our coach said last night on his radio show is the best passing big man in the country. So <laughs> they bring, they're the re- there's a reason why those people like their metrics. They're pretty good. Yeah, well, so how does that match up then, do you think, for K-State, though, Wyatt? You know, we see them capable of beating Baylor, capable mm-hmm. of beating KU. Like, we, we know it's in there. How stylistically does a team like BYU match up, do you think, for this squad? Well, I think I think K-State has to play physically, and I think they're capable of doing that. But I also think that they really have to do a good job of guarding the three and it's difficult because of their ability to spread you and pass and their threat at the rim. That that's really the deal. I think for K state, and we can probably talk a little bit about the KU game in a little bit, but I I think a couple of things that helped them get over the hump was, as they got back to being a better rebounding team, they outboarded KU by 10 um, made some threes also, and, and just had shorter stretches of poor play. I think you guys would probably agree with most of that. And then yeah. Tyler was pretty special. And and coach says this all the time. Sometimes, you know, the game comes down to just, can you make enough shots? And I, I think that will be true too. You, you just have to hope that you catch them on a night where they, maybe they make eight or nine as opposed to 13 or 14, which they're capable of doing too. Let's go back to that KU game, Wyatt. Uh, we know the rivalry game. We know the Sunflower Showdown. Um, you know, every single year, every single time these two teams match up, uh, I feel like you can kind of throw the spread out the window because it, you just it's always unpredictable the way that it's going to go down. But the Wildcats got a very impressive win against a, a really talented and top-loaded Kansas team. What did you take away from that game and the way that the Wildcats can move forward in conference play? Well, I think it really was a very much-needed game. Uh, when you go into the game on a four-game slide, uh, and find a way to beat the fourth-ranked team in the country, even even if it is at home, it gives you a sense of, hey, we're back on track a little bit. Let's see where we go from here. They're still hoping to be a tournament team. And I think it proves to them, too, that 
when they're playing at, at a good level, they can compete with everybody, anybody and everybody. Um, and, and so I think the practices this week have, have reflected that, that uh, little shot of confidence. Um, and, and you hope you can take that out onto the road. And win or lose Saturday night, you know, there's still, you know, eight games to go plus the tournament. Um, you you got to win your share because they're right there now. It's not a guarantee, obviously, that they get in just because they beat Kansas. There's many people that have said this week that they still have some work to do, and I believe that to be so. But if they can get to near 500 or a little bit better in the league, which will be hard, then I, th- I think they've got a shot. For for me, it all comes down to can you take what you did Monday night and, and shortening those segments of, of poor play. They still had too many turnovers. It wasn't perfect. Don't misunderstand. But uh, I, I think it was better. Can they replicate that and, and continue to improve with that uh, through the rest of the regular season and into postseason play? Yeah, I think, Wyatt, and I'm glad you went there because that's where I was going to go next. I, I When I look at it, as, as I recall looking at these things every year as far as the tournament goes, Kansas State's problem at the moment is going to be that three te- four teams underneath them have better net rankings. So right. we know historically that the conference doesn't – the, the committees, they don't really look at conference standings. We, we see this happen. If you're going to take – whatever it is, 10 Big 12 teams, which is sort of my guess this year, at least nine. The problem for K-State right now is they're still the 10th best team by net rankings, regardless of the fact that they're, you know, I think seventh or whatever it is in the league, and that matters more to the committee. Now, we can, I, I, why they are is above my head, but but we know historically that if you're outside that top 50 in the net, you're going to have a challenge, especially if you're trying to make a case that the Big 12 is going to send 10 teams or whatever it is. So I don't think it's cozy at all. I know Jerome Tang has said 500 should get you there, but I don't think it's quite that simple for K-State. I, I think it's a little more complicated than just looking at that conference record. Yeah, and there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's a great point and a great subject to talk about, right? Because if if you look at some of the projections now, and and some days I probably put more stock in it than I should, and other days I'm going, eh, I don't don't agree with that, or or whatever, you and and probably everybody's like that. But one thing that comes to mind would be so many have projected, like you said a moment ago, that the Big 12 gets nine in, okay? And they have – Get to counting how many, and again, I use the net because it's one thing that I look at every day, but there are others you, you could look at. But um, <laughs> there are a boatload of teams uh, in the Big 12 in the top 50 of the net, okay? I use that because you said like the top 50. So they're projecting nine teams to get in. That makes sense. What I don't yeah. understand about that is is that there are, I think, four teams in the SEC that are in the top 50, and yet the projection is when you look at the Joe Lenardi stuff and, and what have you, they get eight in. I want somebody to explain that to me. I, I don't get that. I, I, I don't either. Really but but history says that. And and I think Lenardi's right, don't you? Why? Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the way this has gone. So if you're K-State, I, I'm just concerned that it's it's got to be more than just being 500. They're going to have to get that metric better. And the best way to do that is to win big-time games on the road. And they have some opportunities to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they have even to this point, but but you think 
what, what really sticks out is, is you had a great chance at Iowa State and didn't. You had a great chance at Texas Tech and didn't. This would help getting this one. But I also think it would help if you could win at Texas or if you could win at Kansas or if you could win at what, you know, we, we, the eight games that are left, um, all of those are, are high-level games. But I, I agree with you. They need to get one or two on the road. It, it would certainly help a ton. But if you look what's left, I mean, they, they have at Kansas, at Texas, TCU at home, BYU home and home, Iowa State here. Those are enough games to get you there if you play well enough. But you are. Yeah. You guys are right. I mean, you're going to you're gonna have to earn it and play your way in. I want to ask you about Tyler Perry going back to the KU game. We, we know his shooting struggles throughout the season and um, you know, all of that and, and trying to find his way. He shot the ball pretty well against the Jayhawks. What do you think that does for his confidence level moving forward? Well, I'm hopeful that it takes him to a little bit of a different level because this this season has been for him pretty different for a lot of reasons. Uh, just stylistically, they're playing different. I think the expectations for him are different. Not that he wasn't, you know, really well coached at North Texas because clearly he was. But uh, I thought the other night he did kind of take a step forward um, and. I, I can't explain the difference between first half and second half with him, and I don't think the coaches can either. But you play 40 or 45 minutes and you get, you know, 24, 26 points, I think you probably live with it. Uh, I, I think for me it's, again, we always talk a lot about him, whether it's my interview with you or, or other guys. Um, he's such a big factor because of his ability to score uh, in a variety of ways, but but I think K State is better when those other guys around him are getting something done. And the other night, Kaluma was okay. Cam was really good. Um, I don't know what you guys thought. Uh, <laughs> this is, may sound a little bit odd, but if you look at Jarrell Colbert's line, he didn't even have a point in the game. But his first nine or ten minutes was some of the best basketball he's played here, and I thought it affected the game early and maybe even late too. I think they have pieces is what I'm getting at, but they, they all need to take it up a notch, if that makes some sense. Yeah, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, if they're going to get those kinds of wins, it, it's, you know, we see this here, Wyatt, a little bit at a different level with Wichita State, and we say it all the time, like the, the floor and the ceiling are present too often at the same time. I, I mm-hmm. you know, K State I think has a little bit of that too, right? The consistency to get to the ceiling without yep. getting to the floor. Like you can't lose to Oklahoma State, but be capable of beating Kansas, right? Like those are the things I think that have that have challenged this team is that consistency. So maybe maybe they're just a streaky team, Wyatt, and that's the beginning of another hot streak. And I do think that's enough, right? If they if they had a hot streak and then they had that cold stretch, well, if they get on another hot streak with what's left on the schedule, I think that's going to be enough. I mean, it, do you is it is it as simple as this is a streaky team? I, I just don't know where that consistency is going to come from. Well, it's it's a really good question, honestly, and I think at, at this particular point, you would probably have to say yes, they have been that. Even if you go back into the non-con, I mean, they played a lot of close games against teams that they probably should have gotten away from a little bit easier, right? Would you agree with that? And I think your your point about losing in Stillwater and then beating Kansas doesn't make a lot of sense, but it did happen. So I do think that they have it in them. 
I've said this all season long too, though, and, and this, this is kind of what goes with our team. They're not as explosive as they were a year ago, and the margin of error is smaller. So they do need to be more consistent, especially on the offensive end. I, I've, I felt like for a while now they've been a pretty good defensive team. What's been up and down is the offense, turnovers, and, and probably more up than up and down with the turnovers, um, and the rebounding. And, and again, I'll state this. They, they don't win that game the other night if they don't rebound like that. They just don't. And so um, they need to continue to do that, and it always seems that they're better if it is a point of emphasis. Um, at least that's my uh, perception of it. White, I asked uh, Fitz this yesterday on the show, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it too because I, I feel like it's you know something that always tends to be um, at the top of mind whenever KU and K-State play in the Sunflower Showdown, and that's the historical nature of court storming and, and how that's you know o- not always happened, but it's happened for a while when these two teams match up. That didn't happen on Monday night, and I think it's a fascinating discussion about the culture that Jerome Tang is building, and we've talked about that uh, you know, on this show with you before. So I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on you know, being right there uh, you know, on press row and, and not having the students storm the court. What did that mean, do you think, for overall the culture of the program and, and, and basketball in general at Kansas State? Well, I, I love the subject because there was a point where I – mark my scorebook and I look up and I see the students starting to come forward or down, however you want to say that. Um, and then I happened to see in my peripheral vision to my left, uh, Jareem Dowling, one of our assistants with his palms up saying, no, 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 stay there. We, we don't want you to do this. Um, <laughs> and I, and I think, um, some have, have, have kind of guessed at this, but if, if the game is ended in, in regulation, they might have come to the floor. Yeah. But because of that happened, I, I think they uh, kind of hung with what the coaches were asking for there. I don't know if you agree with that, if yeah. that sounds crazy, but, but I do think that there was something to it. Um, I visited with Jareem and practiced a little bit about it yesterday. And he, he, he said, and, and he said to me, Wyatt, you know this, but coach Tang said last year, multiple times, you know, we're, we're giving them the one, okay? The, the court storming last year was the one they get. We don't want them to do it anymore because the expectation needs to be that when KU comes here, they're going to be in for a, for a fight, and more times than not, we're going to win the game. And I think that's what they're trying to trying to get across there. doesn't mean that it's going to happen 100% of the time, but I, I think you know the fact that K, K-State's beat them twice here uh, in two years with Tang kind of augments, you know, kind of what they're hoping, you know, for for the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to go back to, to your rebounding thing. Just this this sort of stuck with me, Wyatt. If that's going to be okay. so key for them. I, I've never yeah. looked at this team and said, yep, that's going to be a great rebounding team. They don't mm-hmm. feel like they're constructed that way. So – is it gonna? Ha- is it like all attitude, or am I just wrong? I mean, it is physically and, and ability wise, can it be a good rebounding team, or is it gonna have to be something where they overachieve in that department to be one? That's a good question too, and and I, I guess what I would maybe clarify there is is that if you look at games in which they've struggled, and I'm talking about the board work, not necessarily shot making and those kind of things, when they've gotten 
beat on the boards, it's been pretty handily. And that's what I think they're trying to avoid. I don't think this is a team that's constructed that way. I think you're accurate there. Uh, but but I do think that they're more than capable, uh, but it, it is about, you know, being technically sound with boxing out and, 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 and playing, you know, the rotation defensively properly and those kind of things. And that's why I think they are capable because they are more times than not playing good defense. But the Houston game comes to mind. I mean, think about there there were probably three or four times in the first 15 minutes of that game where – Houston gets three and maybe four opportunities in one possession to score. Yeah, I know they're elite that way, and especially at home. Uh, but but you, that just can't happen. You, you've got to be better than that. And I, I think more times than not, um, when when they've really competed on the glass, it's been a pretty competitive game. That's that's all I'm trying to say. I don't think they'll they'll you know it'll it'll be necessarily a, a team strength uh, where they're just outboarding teams like they did the other night by 10. I just I just don't think that'll be the case. I didn't get a chance to uh, ask you a Super Bowl question earlier, so I want to ask mine right now. Uh, so Felix yeah. Anudike Uzama, looks like he's going to be able to get some action in the Super Bowl with the injury to Charles Aminahue for the Chiefs. What does that mean having a you know, K-State standout rookie first-round draft pick for Kansas City getting action in the Super Bowl for the overall program and, and Chris Kleiman and what he's doing? I really appreciate the question. I, I, uh, I'm so proud of Felix and what, what he's done, even though it hasn't probably been the rookie year that Chiefs fans have hoped for. But he's playing in one of those positions <laughs> that is pretty difficult. Um, I'm hoping he plays well uh, for sure. What does it mean for the program? I, I think you could probably say it, it means a lot on one hand, and and, and, and if, if he just – is okay. It'd be all right. You just want him to, to make a few plays and be, you know, pretty technically sound. Uh, but I, I think this year has been trying for him. Um, I, I remember going to camp. He wasn't fully healthy. And I, if I'm being honest, I think he's been a little bit behind all year long and it is a difficult position to play. But if, if he plays well, uh, who knows what the future brings for him? Cause he, he can be an explosive player. He's, he's just still learning at that level. I hope that answers it. But yeah, it could mean a lot. I mean, you you have uh, young people in your program going on and playing the NFL like that. It it, it it certainly helps. All right, Wyatt, we are excited about this one. I, I honestly think that the BYU games may be the best opportunity just because of how much the metrics like them for K-State. Of course, going on the road is going to be tough. You guys will be out there. Yeah. Uh, it's a late game out there. Coverage begins at 8 o'clock here on KFH. What do you guys have in store for us on the broadcast? Well, we, we are going to fly at 9 o'clock tonight, which is a re- really weird. Um, yeah. But uh, we, we do go on the air at 8, tip there at, at 9 o'clock Central Time tomorrow night. And, you know, we'll, we'll have kind of the typical pregame there where you'll hear from Coach Tang and uh, we'll have the, the assistant who has the scout and uh, kind of look at, you know, some of the matchups there. And th- this is a big one. I, I'm, I'm like you. you be, because they're – and I haven't looked – uh, specifically at where they're ranked in like Ken Palm and the net today. But last time I looked, BYU was like six. So if you could somehow get in there and sneak this one out, man, it would be one for the resume for sure. Um, it'll be difficult, though. They they play so well. You just have to, like I said before, you have to hope that you don't get them on a night where they're into double-digit made threes because they're so adept at it. I do think K-State is uh, good enough defensively to create some problems for them uh, if 
if, you know, they can make some shots, compete on the glass, and and be athletic enough to be right in the, in the face of uh, Ali Khalifa all night long. It's interesting with them, and I, I know you're ready to wrap up here, but they, they have three big guys that they use, and Khalifa's missed the last two, but I, I can't stress enough what a good passer he is as a big man. And then uh, for Sini Triori um, and, and the Atiki kid, uh, Atiki's a rim runner. The other guy's just a bull on the on the block. So they they have pretty much the three pieces that you'd like to have in their their five man. <laughs> so they'll they'll be a tough out. Yeah, I'm excited to see them play. I've not seen them play yet this year, so that'll be exciting too. All right, Wyatt, we'll safe travels out there. Enjoy the scenery, uh, and we'll be ready to listen to the call right here on KFH. Appreciate that, guys. Thanks so much. There goes Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K State Wildcats. It's right there for him. Got to go get another one. I, I, a road win at BYU I would maybe be enough if you get to that 500 spot. We'll see. The metrics love the Cougars. Love them. Have all year. And we'll, you know, I the, the record notwithstanding, they're the second highest net ranked team in the Big 12 right now. Tommy at eight, even despite yeah. a four and five conference record. I mean, the challenge for the Wildcats is to not have a letdown after Monday. And I don't think they will because they've had quite a bit of time you know to get yeah ready for this I, I don't game. think they'll have a letdown but is a is a good game good enough I think yeah is another answer I don't really have uh let's talk about KU and Wichita State and what they've got coming up this weekend when we return we'll continue college basketball we'll get back to Super Bowl talk in the next hour don't go away it's Sports Daily All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster alongside you. Let's give away some HTO here as we begin this segment. We'll do that to our first caller right now to 869-1240. Get you a free iced tea, a free brew house coffee from HTO. Uh, those coupons good for Wichita East, Wichita West, and in Derby. Good luck, everybody. Uh, get your weekend started off right. We look ahead, Tommy, to KU here first because they play Saturday. It's a home game against Baylor. Bill Self always says you can't let one become two. I think that is ultimately critical for Kansas here. Uh, They're still very much in the mix to win the Big 12. Baylor is a half game ahead of them. You've got Baylor at your place if you're going to win the Big 12. I mean, is it as simple? I don't think it is, but I'll ask it anyway. Is it as simple as you've got to beat Baylor to win the Big 12? Can Kansas afford to fall another game in the loss column behind Baylor? I, I don't know that they can. I don't know that they can. They get them twice, so that probably helps uh, uh, quite a bit. But it does, you know, a, again, it's all relative, right? If we're talking about winning the Big 12, not about anything. Like with K-State, we're talking about making the NCAA tournament. Kansas obviously isn't in any danger there. But we're talking about winning the Big 12. It kind of feels like they're going to have to beat Baylor at home if they want to do that. Yeah, I, um, I I think that they absolutely they absolutely have to win this game if they want to win the Big 12. Uh, I just don't think that there's any other option for them. I mean, they, they, so you would potentially fall back behind, you know, a game and a half or even two games of Houston. You, but you, you know, you beat Houston. I, I think it's still look. I think it's still possible. I think there's enough games left on the schedule, and I think the likelihood that anybody's running through the Big Twelve is not super high. But is Houston going to lose two more games? 
You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's where it gets into. That's where like I mean that's okay, that's so, the part yeah, where it gets look, hard when to you look imagine. At, when you look at Houston's schedule the rest of the way, you know they've got Texas at home. They've got Iowa State at home. One of their conference losses was Iowa State on the road. They've got Iowa okay. State back at home. They go to Baylor. They also go to Oklahoma, and then KU wraps up the Big Twelve season in Houston. So I mean there are. There are some tougher games, absolutely, for Houston down the stretch, but I'm not sure they're going to drop two more. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, so that's where you get into like, I think it's kind of a must win. I don't, I don't know that we can definitively say it right now, but it does feel that way to me. And and you don't want to, you just like for for the you know season's sake, you don't want to lose two games in a row, and you don't want to lose a game at home. I, the Kansas has not lost a game at home yet this year. They're 12 and 0 at Allen Fieldhouse, including that whooping they put on Houston. You've got but you know, you just have to like it's almost like they have to keep reminding us that they can be that team. There's about a billion different reasons why this game needs to be a KU win. I have not seen the betting line. I don't know if it's out yet, but they usually don't put those out till game days. But it's a fun one. I'm excited about it. It's always fun with Baylor. Uh it's a five o'clock tip time right you can watch that and then we can watch k-state uh right after like this will be a unique weekend because nothing conflicts right you get to watch ku then you get to watch k-state you can watch wichita state sunday and then you can watch the super bowl they're not going to conflict, yeah. so that's nice that's a that's a nice thing to have i kind of like saturday afternoon basketball but we get you know we get the evening games it'll be fun with baylor and I, and i would predict a ku win there right i need to i don't know what the line will be but but i'll probably be on the KU side of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that KU's got, um, you know, when it comes to the way that they match up against Baylor, I think they match up pretty well, except for what happens after the starting five. Uh, and, and honestly, it's not even what happens after the starting five. It's can Johnny Furphy bounce back. He didn't have a great game against the Wildcats on Monday inside Bramlage. That was his very first Sunflower showdown. And maybe the only time he ever goes to Manhattan. And it, it wasn't a great game for Johnny Furphy. So can he get back to the stretch of basketball that he played two or three weeks ago uh, when he really burst onto the scene nationally and filled that five spot pretty well for the Jayhawks? Yeah. And he, he, he's going to be good in the game, I'm pretty sure. I, I think he'll be good. Um, Wichita State Sunday, Tommy. I I can't tell you how much I love this opportunity for them. I really do. Like, if you just the, the back-to-back roadies that FAU's going to be on coming into it, and I didn't see, what did they do last night? Did they handle themselves last night? Let me, let me, let me check that quickly um, because that was – uh, they oh they, oh, they lost. lost last they night, lost by me. three to oh, UAB. No. Wow, that's not overtime. Good. That's not that's not good. <laughs> so you really would have liked them <laughs> to not be angry uh, when they come in. Holy smokes! But you know you can look at that both ways. You can also look at it as you know they've been three and three on the road. You know they've been really good at home and they're three and three on the road. So they played a lot of neutral court games this year. It's kind of strange. I, I mean they're beatable. We UAB just showed you that they're beatable. So what what are you going to do if you're Wichita State with the same sort of opportunity and they have to, I assume, stay on the road? I don't think they'll go back home. So they've got to stay on the road. You've had a long time, right, to get ready for it. it this is a real this, – this may be the best opportunity for Wichita State to go get that signature win 
that they will have had since they played Missouri, Kansas, and Kansas State. Like this is this is the spot, right? They they had it in hand against Memphis. They couldn't get it done. Well, this is an even bigger opportunity, and you get this one at home. I, I'm I'm excited to see how this comes out. I I don't know what to expect. Um, but I just know that they're capable in this game, right? Like if UAB can beat FAU, so can Wichita State. I think that's realistic. Well, I think it is too. And of course, these two teams have played before, and uh, the uh, the Shockers hung with Florida Atlantic, um, you know, for quite a while. Very in much that first so. matchup yeah, on I think the road. They ha- I think they. I I don't have the numbers that I because I looked all this up last week. I think they may have had a lead at one point early in the second half. They were one of the games where the Shockers had a lead late enough that you were like, dang, they had yeah, an opportunity so there. Going back to that game on January 18th um, at Florida Atlantic, the Shockers had an 11-point halftime lead, and then Florida Atlantic just came out on fire. They outscored the Shockers by 20 in the second half to get a nine-point win. But I do remember, and I don't want to, I don't think it was all the way like midway through the second half, but I do know at least for a while in the second half, the Shockers did have that lead before Florida Atlantic. Just they found something. They made the adjustments at halftime, and they were able to uh, to pull away and have a nine-point win. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, I think I really do think they've got a chance. I, I am as excited for that one because it feels like it's there in front of you. Probably is, I mean, is any game, at least since the conference season started. We'll see. Wichita State, you'll hear them this weekend over on KYN, as you always do. Uh, That coverage will begin Sunday at 10 a.m. It's an early game, remember. So KYN Sunday, before you're even thinking about getting out to your Super Bowl party, you can take in the Shockers, maybe while you're uh, driving around trying to figure out what last-minute Super Bowl additions you need. uh, You can catch the Shockers over on KYN. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll get into the Super Bowl here. We'll take you into some of the audio yesterday uh, from Las Vegas. A little San Francisco sound for you, a little Chief sound coming your way. That's next on Sports Daily. You have those, right, Jeff? With Bob and Tom on 97.5 and 1240 KFH, Wichita's most listened to sports radio, always live on the free Odyssey app. Did you know that feeling sluggish or weighed down could be a sign that your digestive system isn't working at its best? Taking Metamucil every day can help. Metamucil fiber powders help promote your daily digestive health using a plant-based fiber called psyllium. The gelling action of this special fiber traps and removes waste so you can... All right, welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two here of Sports Daily. Glad to be with you on this Friday before the Super Bowl. Tommy will be back in just a minute. Uh, We'll take you through. It's dawned on me, Chad, that I have not asked you yet what you're picking in the Super Bowl. Where where are you at with the Super Bowl, Chad? Well, I kind of have to, just like just about anybody else around here, I kind of have to pick the Chiefs or you know, suffer the consequences of it, at least publicly. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. it's difficult to do this year. The 49ers are very, very good. They really are. And it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be tough. But, you know, you can't you can't not pick the Chiefs. It's just not going to be not, not well, easy to I mean, do. 
It, it just it's, it's the Mahomes factor, right? Like, you yeah. can still root for the Chiefs and pick the 49ers. And, in fact, I almost did. Um, of course, I want the Chiefs to win. I don't like the 49ers. I've got too many friends that are 49er fans, and it, and I got a lot of hate for the 49ers. I'm a Cowboys fan. How could you not? It's been longer that, you know, I, I everybody gives the Cowboys grief, and I bring up all the time. It's been longer since San Francisco's won a Super Bowl than Dallas. So, you know, I got to keep that streak. Into, but that doesn't, you know, it, picking a game and rooting in a game are two different things. But, I yeah, it's the Mahomes thing. It's hard for us around here, and you probably aren't going to hear a lot of people pick San Francisco, not just because most people around here are rooting for the Chiefs, of course, but it's if you watch Mahomes all the time, like how how do you how do you pick against it? I I don't know. Like I, you just have to, and he's lost a Super Bowl. That's the thing, Chad. Like we pretend that he's unbeatable in these spots. The dude's literally lost a Super Bowl before, yeah. so it's definitely plausible. It really is, but I, I don't know. Honestly, if I were picking it for a story, one of the things I hate about picking the Chiefs in this is. Frankly, one of the better stories is Brock Purdy. I just I, that is oh, incredible no what that guy Mr. has been able to accomplish. I mean, Mister Irrelevant, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the that's the coolest thing that again, like it's it's and and it's easy to root for Christian McCaffrey because he's so good. Uh, it's easy to root for Kyle Shanahan finally getting over the hump. I, I, I get all that. I just don't like the Forty ers and and you know. Probably casual fans are rooting for San Francisco here. That's just the simple fact of everyone's tired of the Chiefs. That's that's the nature <laughs> of things. Yeah, uh, it's not. That's not certainly something that is uncommon. Let's take you to Vegas yesterday. Uh, we'll start with San Francisco. So they had a lot to say. Kyle Shanahan up there, but let's hear what he had to say specifically about two key Chiefs, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. I, I can't put one in front of the other. Um, because they're on separate sides of the ball, and they're the two biggest challenges on each side. I mean, that's what's so different about football. You don't – it's it's not basketball where you're playing back and forth. It's one offense versus other defense and vice versa. So it's two separate games going out there, and it's how everything ties together. That's why quarterbacks are never playing against each other. Uh, Chris Jones is the toughest guy to deal with on their defense. And, um, you know, after Pat, I mean, um, Travis is the toughest – one of the toughest players to deal with in this league. So uh, they're both two huge challenges. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. I would venture to say that. Well, you know, it's. I almost just said Kelsey will be more important for the Chiefs. That's probably not true. Chris Jones in the middle of a defensive line is always important to stopping a run, which the Chiefs must do. But he just hasn't been the same at doing that this year as he has been in years past. So, you know, does he step up and have just a Herculean effort? I think that you know that's possible. So may, maybe it is both. Uh, my initial thought on it was it's Kelsey. You got to stop Kelsey if you're if you're the the Niners. But but there's a you know there is an argument to be made on both sides of the ball. I I guess there. So speaking of Chris Jones, um, he, he you got to stop McCaffrey. I think that that task in this game probably falls more into what the linebackers have to do. But let's get Chris Jones's thought. This is from Sports uh, Eight Ten WHB. Uh, in Kansas City. Let's get his thoughts on what the defense has to do in this game. What are the keys for this one? Um, just being disciplined. I mean, discipline. Discipline all around, like executing on defense and, um, you know, playing at a high level of intensity. 
where you guys right now, you got the game plan all in, confidence level high. I mean, you guys are always happy with what Spags puts together, right? Absolutely. It's Spags we trust. And Spags, you trust. I mean, that's it, right? You, you, you got Chris Jones has got a bum leg, and Willie Gay has been banged up, and you're not going to have a Minahue. It is kind of a in Spags we trust moment. Like the game plan will be interesting. And and it was fine with, you know, against Baltimore without Gay and without Edwards and some key guys. So I, I think there's definitely something to that, but they do need Chris Jones. I mean, if nothing else, Chris Jones is going to have to pressure Purdy. I, I don't know if he's going to be the guy that is why they slow down McCaffrey again. I, I think that's going to end up being the linebackers, but Jones needs to be the one to get some pressure on Purdy up the middle. That is so disruptive. And when you've got Purdy, who hasn't been in this kind of a spot yet, who is capable of uh, some mistakes we've seen in big moments this year. Pressure up the middle is the best thing you can do, and I think that's where Chris Jones's impact really comes through. Let's go over to the other side of the ball here. So Patrick Mahomes, a lot, a lot has been made of potentially, you know, potential retirements for Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid, I, I have never bought it on Kelsey. I've become a, just slightly more concerned with Andy Reid, but just because he's not outright denying it. And but but that's not you know he doesn't have to say anything. Let's let's hear what Mahomes had to say because it's been a bit of the chatter out in Vegas is about the futures of those two guys. Here's here's what Mahomes had to say about Reid and Kelsey. I'm not going to anytime soon. I mean, I know the rumors have came out, um, but I haven't heard anything. And I know I'll, I'll probably be the first one to know whenever he's even thinking about it. And so, why don't you be preemptive and go over to his house and tell him you ain't doing it? I, I talked to Tammy. Just don't tell Coach Reed yet. I, I, I well, Tammy, we're only on a national to, radio show, yeah, so yeah, no yeah. one's going to know. And I just, just make sure that she just lets him keep yeah. going, just a couple more. You know, just yeah. let's keep let's keep, keep I getting have back. Feeling to the Super you're Bowl. the snake charmer. Too. You <laughs> just have a couple of those nuggies ready. That's him, all you need. Him and Travis. I'm gonna keep him going as long as I can. Well, now listen. I had not heard that. That's uh, courtesy of Sirius XM NFL Radio. That 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 honestly, Jad, like that might that's as good a sound on it, I think, as I've heard. I mean that that was a little bit more convincing to me to get me back where I originally started. That I don't think either one of these guys are going to retire. Here, here's the other thing that nobody's talked about with that. If the Chiefs win this Super Bowl. Do you really think that Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey would not be enticed by trying to be the first team to three-peat? I don't know if it's as simple as if they win, they'll stay. If they lose, you know, they would – again, I don't think Kelsey's going, but but for Andy Reid. But, Jack, with this group, there's no, there, there's no way those guys don't come back for the chance to be the first team ever to repeat three times, three-peat. Is I, there? I, no, I, I agree. I I think they do. Honestly, I kind of think that in any case, whether it was whether it would be a repeat or not, I just don't see I don't see any one of the three being done yet. Well, no, Mahomes isn't going to be done. I just like yeah. if if you're looking at this with with Kelsey and you're looking at it with Andy Reid and just really like the identity of this team, top to bottom, and how they've been wired. We've talked about that and how it's a part of their greatness. Let's say you win this game, and yeah, there, there's the opportunity for a swan song there and just to say, all right, I'm going out on top. But if they win this game, they will have won two in a row. Nobody's ever won three in a row. They would have the opportunity to do that. 
they would be the favorite. I'm telling you, no matter what happens in this offseason, the Chiefs will be the favorite to win the Super Bowl next year, outside of maybe a Kelsey retirement. That That is too enticing for guys that are wired the way that the Chiefs are wired. Don't you, like, there, there's, you can't let that opportunity pass if you're Reed. If Reed got that done, he would then become in the conversation for the greatest coach of all time. Easily. That would happen. Yeah. And and if Kel- Kelsey's already the greatest tight end, right, I, I think we all agree. But there would be no question for any of the – like, when you talk about dynasties and what the Patriots have done and can they ever catch the six, the, the longevity of the Patriots may, n- may not get caught, right? You may not get – but if they get three, they they will then have a case, right? Mahomes will have a case, a better case to say he's the GOAT. Reed has a better case to say he's the GOAT. Collectively, the team has a better case to say it's the GOAT. Like, that is real. Like, right now, it's you can't say that because of what the Patriots just did. Yeah. But if they got three in a row, you could make that case for that reason. You Yeah, and another reason why is if you don't and you still want to make that case— You've got to go out and win a lot more. You've got to be around a lot longer. And like you said, that might not be possible for this group. You know, Patrick Mahomes will obviously have more opportunities to uh, get closer to the, those larger numbers. But, you know, with this particular group, it's, it's this year and next year. And, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year after. That'd be well if and then you get into the case right. Like yeah. let's say they get three, and then it's like, well, can they get four? You know, like that. That there's also that. Like there has to be a you yeah. know an end game that's being talked about. I think, but but the three seems so unattainable. Like imagine if the Chiefs don't win this game, then you look at it and you're like, well, they're never going to get three. And is any team going to be better equipped at any point to get three than this one is? Right now, when you have Mahomes and Kelsey still going, I, I it's just so hard to win these games, let alone get there. That if they did lose the game, it's it's, I mean, it's pretty unlikely they would ever be able to get three in a row at that point. Like this is well, their best three chance. In a row, maybe no, but to, to pick up a third and maybe a fourth at I, some point, you know, maybe. Yeah, I, but that but that's still not going to put you past the Patriots, right? No, Patriots it's not. and Brady and Bell, they got six of them. Right, and they were in so many of them. So, I, I think it's it's more about winning this one to yeah. set up the possibility of the next one. I, you know, the only time I think a team has been like that that I remember, and and I'm there may have been you know before my lifetime, I'm just not as aware. But the Cowboys of the mid '90s were the team, right? They had they had it. They got three out of four and lost to the 49ers in that third year to break up the to break up the streak. Yeah. I, that think about that. Like you had that. That was thirty years ago. That was thirty years ago, and we've never really had a team in in great position to do that, right? The Patriots had the, the last opportunity at it. They were the last back to back Super Bowl winner. It, it takes a, like it's hard to even get the chance to do it. If they can win this one, there's no way Andy Reid and and Travis Kelsey would walk away from that. And again, I don't think they're like like less than. Five percent chance on Kelsey, but Reed might be a little higher than that. I, you know, his, his would make more sense. But they, they're not walking away from that opportunity. It'd be different if it wasn't in a row. It would be. 
it would be a little different. Tommy's in. I got to ask him. Tommy, we, we we just heard sound, and it was probably the best sound we've heard about from, from Mahomes on Andy Reid and and Travis Kelsey potentially retiring. And he he seemed pretty adamant too that it, that 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 wasn't going to happen. But I hadn't thought about this until now. If the Chiefs win this Super Bowl, there's no chance Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey aren't taking a swing at three in a row. I mean, that would cement them. It, if they got that, at least Andy Reid would be considered maybe the the greatest coach of all time, right? And Travis Kelsey already is, but he's a gamer. Like, he doesn't want to miss that chance either. I hadn't thought about that, but if they win this game, those guys aren't. They're not missing that opportunity next year. There's no way. I just think that there are so many different things that point to this not being the end for those guys. And I would love to know when this is all said and done and, you know, because I ultimately believe that both Reed and Kelsey are going to say that they're coming back and all of that, putting it to bed. I would really love in retrospect to look back and see how this whole thing not only got started, but blew up in the way that it did. And I know that there were uh, reports from Mike Florio. I know, I think he was maybe the one that it started was the, the whole coaching thing. cycle. Yeah. But Adam Schefter jumped into it as well at one point. And, you know, Schefter, I think, sometimes stays away from the speculation part of it. You know, he's usually reporting on what he's hearing from people. Uh, But I I watched him in real time uh, talk about how Bill Belichick was there on the on the shelf waiting to jump in with the Chiefs if Andy Reid retired. And so it it wasn't just Florio. It was Schefter, too. And then the whole thing, I think, kind of got legs and and continued to move forward. Well, and look, that can be true even if there was no chance Andy Reid's walking away. That's what also makes it hard. And remember, this same conversation with Reid was happening last year, too. Kelsey, I think, is just people being silly with the Taylor Swift thing, right? I think at that, I think with the Kelsey stuff, people are legitimately just pulling that from thin air. Oh, he's dating Taylor Swift. He's he's gonna he's gonna be done. I I don't I don't see like what. Of everything, even more than Andy Reid, who's just done this for a long time, but of everything we have ever seen and heard from Travis Kelsey, why on earth would people think he'd retire now, right? He's still, he, he's not at the top of his game. He has been the last couple of games, though. Like, he still clearly has that left in the tank. I think you can walk and chew gum, too. You can date a pop star. You can move on in your personal life. Players get married all the time if that's the way this goes. Like, I think it's just, I don't think that one has ever had real legs. I mean, there's, but like, think about everything people have said about, oh, well, he could retire at the same time as his his brother. Well, his brother hasn't even officially retired yet, number one, I don't think. I think we think he's going to retire. Like, there's just a ton of it where you're like, ah, I, I, I think that one's completely fabricated. I don't think anybody's ever sat around and Travis Kelsey's been like, yeah, I think this might be it for me. This, that, that doesn't seem like it seems more unlikely even than, than Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's maybe the reports of people trying to wait it out because they think he could retire are just that. And there's no, you know, there's no truth to the fact that he might, just that they're curious about the potential opening. I don't know, but I do know that if they win this game, those guys are not going to miss the opportunity to go win three in a row and have that historic thing to add to their legacies and their and their resumes to be the greatest. There's just the the way this entire organization is wired. I don't think they're going to let that happen if they win this game. 
I just think that, and I, I mentioned it yesterday, and I just continue to go back to this. Every time there's a, a topic or a discussion about Andy Reid, specifically, and really even I think Travis Kelsey plays into this too, is you've got the greatest quarterback in the NFL, and probably he will end up being the greatest quarterback ever to play the game. In his prime, why in the world would you walk away? Unless you've got something going on that... Yeah, I mean, know, Andy Reid's old. Not he's as not old that as you old. think. Again, he's not I that know. old. We point that out all the time. He's old for it. me. Like, when I'm 65, yeah. I'm going to be old, But you mentioned it the other day that barring some kind of, like, health issue or something, which it does... I mean, if he does have something that hasn't been disclosed... Um, you know, I, I just I don't see why you would want to do that. Like, it would be like um, walking. Because mom said, because because wife says it's time to be done. You're going to uh, be done. I don't I know. Mean, we all know how that goes. I, I don't know that she would It'd be like walking that's... away from Michael Jordan in his prime. It would be like walking away from Muhammad Ali, you know, as his rank, his corner man in his prime. You know, it's kind of the yep. same thing. Uh, walking away from being Tiger Woods caddy. You know, walking away in his prime. It's kind of the but, same world as that. Why would you want to do I, that I, in his prime? But, but do you think Andy Reid's going to coach for 10 more years? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at some point, he is going to have to walk away from the greatest. He's going to be done before Mahomes. I don't think he's coaching until he's 75. Yeah. So, like, he's going to have to do it at some point. I just don't think it's going to be at this point. It doesn't make sense. It's never made sense to me. If they lose, maybe. Maybe, but I don't think he's got like an answer locked up and, and, you know, cocked and ready to go. I don't think he has that ready. I think if they lost, then maybe he thinks about it. Sure. But otherwise, not really. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation here. It's Jacob Albrecht and Tommy Caster. Super Bowl Friday. Friday. TGIF. Red Friday. Red Friday. What does that mean? You've never heard of Red Friday? How long have you lived here? Every Friday before a Chiefs game, it's Red Friday. And everybody's supposed to wear red if you're a Chiefs fan. I'm not doing it. I've got, a, I've got a meeting to go to. You've never what? heard of Red Friday? Where have you been? I don't think so. Why wouldn't you just wear red on Sunday? Well, you do, but like you're going to work or you're going to school or you're around people on a Friday. So you wear red. On This is not new. This is You've been here for 10 years. How have you not heard of this? It's everywhere. Everybody does. Jad has heard of Red Friday. Everybody knows about Red Friday here. How are you the only one that doesn't? I, I, I'm trying to think if I do know about Red Friday. I don't, I don't think I know about Red Friday. I mean, I didn't grow up a Chiefs fan. Yeah, but you've lived here for ten years. You're telling me that huh. nobody at at KWCH wears red on Fridays. During the no, Chiefs, I'm not season. telling you. I'm not telling you that. I, I they very well could, and I just haven't put two and two together. I'm just trying to think if I have heard that there is like an organized effort on that, and I don't know. Tell I'll, me, I'll uh, think uh, about it during the break. Obviously, I have heard of Red Friday. Yeah. I did think it was only a home games thing, though. I think it's an every game. I think it's always huh. been an every game thing, but I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Where's where's uh, where's Earl or like where are crazy Chiefs fans? Like, is this a thing everybody knows yes. about? I this is widely right. known and accepted around Chiefs Kingdom. I can't. I don't know if I knew this. Wow. I, I I I might have. I I don't. I don't know. I don't have that answer. Maybe I did know. I. It, I got three. I got like three kids and nine jobs. Like I don't know what I remember. 
I don't think I knew that, though. 869-1240. KFH Hotline. We'll be back with more Sports Daily right after this. All right, if you're watching on our video stream here, I like how Tommy pulled up the comment from Rick that says he's 100% correct because the comment from Mike uh, that's on there right now says he's never heard of this Friday Red Day. Red um, Friday. And it's Red not Fri- Friday. I mean, it's not Friday Red Day. That doesn't make any sense. I, that's from the lips of Mike, not me. I've heard the term Red Friday, I guess, but I, I don't know that I've known what that what that means i i i just i don't i don't let's let's go to the kfh hotline right now chip's got a mahomes take before we get to your thoughts on mahomes chip are you do you know what red friday is is this a thing for you to be honest with you i've been a chiefs fan since you know hank stramley and dawson and this is the first i've heard of it to be honest with you okay yeah come on chip it's everywhere i mean do you guys not notice when you're out and about on a friday in wichita that people are wearing more red than normal? I mean, it's a pretty well, common thing. Well, to be honest with you, I, I notice people wearing red every day of the week. So, you know, a lot of red every day of the week. So <laughs> Yeah, and don't and, – and by the way, and, and it, this is probably – I don't know who's responsible, Jad or Tommy, uh, sending us – sending me tweets about this. Not me. Like, I, I don't care what they're doing at Union Station. I don't live in Kansas City. I mean, hey, look, I think that's I think that's Tony Deucing, our, our program director. Tony, to us. I don't live I, in Kansas. Now, yeah. now Tony's taking shots like I don't live in Kansas City. I don't know what they do at Union Station. Uh, I, I just I, I know that I've heard that. Here's where it's hard for me. And we'll get your take in just a second, Chip. I know that I have heard the term Red Friday like that. I, I'm 100 percent sure of. I just don't think that I know that that's what it meant. Right, that it was for Chiefs fans to wear red on Fridays. I know I've heard of Red Friday. That that is not a new like phrase to me. But I'm what I can't figure out is, and I'm pretty certain I didn't know that that's what it meant. Um, I I you know, I I don't know. I I I think that um, I think that this has been a little unfair. I'm glad to hear that you're with me, Chip, as a lifelong Chiefs fan. So what do you think? What's on your mind? Welcome into Sports Daily. Well, yeah, I, and this, this thought came to me after I saw that one picture of Mahomes with, with the dad bod. Um, you know, you hear about its comparisons with Brady, and then you hear about if you lost you know, to LeBron in the, in the finals type thing. There is, one, there is one person that I think he's more uh, comparable with than anybody, and that's Larry Legend. You know, yeah. he's not a – He's not as athletic, but he's got the middle. He's got the middle toughness. He's, you know, he can take you apart. He can tear your heart out in an instant. But I don't hear anybody you know, making that comparison. But I think I think those two are are, are closer, yeah, parallel than so anybody. I what's interesting about Mahomes is, and I don't. There was a there was a study, and I can't remember who put it out there, and it was I think it was last year or the year before that Mahomes's lateral speed is as good as anyone in the NFL, as in his ability to get side to side, right? Is it like the speed of it is as high, right, as anybody in the league. It may have been the highest among quarterbacks, I don't, but it was like it was way up there. You remember back to when Robert Sala faced him the first time when he was the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, and he said he's got like, he might look like he's running like a grandpa, but he's really fast. 
I think the things that make him athletic are different than what we typically think of, but I do think his speed is is top-notch athletic speed. I think when you hear about how great of a basketball player and a baseball player he was, like those things are just athleticism. He doesn't look the part, but then look at the way he absorbs hits and takes them and gets bent around. Like that pliability is an athletic trait. Obviously, the arm strength is an athletic trait, and he's got the cerebral component. I think it just looks a little different for him. I don't know if I think Larry Bird was one of the greatest athletes on the floor. I, I didn't, you know, I'd watched Larry Bird, but I was too young to watch him that way. I I think it's, I think Mahomes is one of the best athletes on the field yeah, every time he's on the field. But to Chip's point, and I think where I do agree with Chip, maybe, you know, slightly different is that maybe the perception, and it's not this way I don't feel like anymore with Mahomes because he's been around long enough and, and has proved it wrong. But I think that early in his career, there was the perception that he wasn't athletic. Like I think people called him sneaky athletic, you know. And, but he was able to make these crazy plays, and he had the mental toughness and all those different things. Larry Bird was kind of the same way. You looked at him, and just from the naked eye, you're like, "Yeah, that guy's not athletic." I mean, take a look at him; he looks weird. He's tall and lanky, and he's got a mustache. Like he's not, you know, su- you know super athletic. Um, but he right. was. And I think that early in Mahomes' career. That was kind of the same way where people saw the way that he ran, you know, and he kind of had that, like, duck run or whatever, and it didn't look overly athletic, but it was sneaky in that way. I I think that perception is different now because he's been around long enough, but I I do agree with that that at the beginning, I I could see that being kind of the same way as Larry Bird. Well, well, I'm not really talking about the the athletic show. I'm talking about the way they they approach the game, their, you know, their, 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 their mental IQ. Is uh, Tommy Huntington made a made a great quote, and it was that that Larry Bird was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers. Yeah, and that's exactly what Mahomes does. Yeah, I mean, I think there are other. Yeah, for sure there are. There, there are other football players. I think we could look at that have done that. Right, that was what made Brady so great. Um, I, I think that that's becoming a bigger part of playing that position. You know, Brady and Manning. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And not that everybody hadn't always done that. I just don't know that we noticed it as much until we really it, it became like so glaring to us with Brady. And but I, you know, I don't know that it's different too. In that, that so much of it is improvisation, improvisational for Mahomes. Like we don't see him make all the famous checks that we used to see some of those guys make. It's almost like. There is so much work done within each individual play, and and he's had this connection, obviously, with, with Kelsey that's made it a big part of it. But they adjust, not just before the play, they adjust while a play is happening. Do you remember when Kelsey described that uh, lateral play and all the different things that he had seen after the ball was snapped, right? When he described how that was going to work, and went through each step of once like the and these were all like post snap things that he and Mahomes adjusted to to put to, to to create that they do that kind of stuff all the time that is a level of greatness i i mean i'm sure that other quarterbacks do that i'm not saying that they don't they probably do but it's what happens after the snap and before the end of a play that's been so uniquely i think incredible about not just Mahomes but you know, Kelsey too. I think they both have, that's why they've been such a great combination. I think they both have whatever that ability is. I think, and Larry Bird certainly would have had it too. They have that. They both have that. And they're so in sync with what they're doing. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I, and I, Chip, I, I get what you're saying as far as that uh, preparation and just being able to be one or two steps ahead of the defense. And, and that's something, and I know that, you know, that's been talked about a lot, that the comparison that Mahomes has with Brady and just being able to, always know uh, what the defense is going to be doing and be one or two steps ahead um, of the coverage, the play calls, all of that on the defensive side of the ball. That's one thing uh, that made him great. And I think that the clutch gene that Mahomes has as well, that's another thing that I think, you know, to your point, comparing with Larry Bird, that they do share in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. It's, right, a, good, it's a good cross it's a good cross-sport comp. Thank you, Chip. Thanks for thanks for calling. Enjoy the game. And I'm sorry you didn't get the memo either on Red Friday. Uh, it's it's something that uh, apparently is a big deal that that we didn't know about. I, I I I we don't have time. We don't ever make polls. That would be an interesting poll. How many people uh, knew that Red Friday means that you're supposed to wear red on Fridays for a Chief game? So basically, for a, for for six months, you're supposed to wear red on Fridays. Like, here's why else that confuses me. I think that today is like the go red day, go red for women. Yeah. Which are, so every year on television, we get little cards that we're supposed to wear a pin and wear red. And, and I think it's it's heart you know disease awareness for women. So that also is stuck in my head when you tell me Red Friday, because that comes on a Friday and it involves red. 
I don't think I'm the only one here. Clearly, I'm not. Mike and Chip don't know about this Red Friday phenomenon. Uh, you know, it sounds to me like this is some social media thing that's happened. It's not that's a social media that's, thing. That's, how long has this been happening? For as uh, Honestly, I would say that it's probably been going on for a long time. I became aware of it when the Chiefs, kind of when Andy Reid came into town and the Chiefs started winning games and they were going to the playoffs and people started to really get behind Kansas City. Like, I remember, I mean, probably 10 years ago, going to work on a Friday and wearing red. I remember doing it for a playoff game. Um, so it very well could have been something that's been going on forever. I don't, I don't know that, but I became aware of it about 10 years ago. It's something that I was saying earlier uh, on Steve and Ted over on KNSS. We talked to Mitch Holtis on Friday mornings, and it is something that Mitch mentions quite a bit. And now that Tommy's mentioned going back quite a ways, yeah, we've, we've had Mitch on for a long time, and most of that time when he's talking about uh, – that was the reason I thought maybe it was only home games. He seems to only mention it when it was home games. But Mitch will will mention Red Friday uh, quite a bit. I, I, I I'm not I, I'm you're not going to apologize for this, <laughs> Andrew, who says you're shocked by my lack of awareness. <laughs> you should if you listen to this show and know anything about me or or the life that I live, you, you should be not shocked be shocked his lack of by awareness. any. <laughs> Any lack of awareness that you will find with me. That's one of your calling uh, cards is your lack of awareness. I, I am well, I not aware of, of things happening around me, especially when it comes to, like, cultural things. Like, I, I am so unaware. Like, I am I am stuck in probably about the year, I don't know, 2009 or 10, uh, maybe, probably. And, like, that's where I'm probably going to be stuck. So yeah, no awareness in these. Don't be shocked by that. That well, will that will you'll find that a lot. And maybe maybe you're not the only one in terms of because I did this during the break when we were talking about this. If you go to Google and you type in just is Red Friday, like the first and third autocomplete is is Red Friday every Friday and is Red Friday on home games only or I mean. It auto-completed to that question. The one thing I will say is that we can debate back and forth if Red Friday is an every home game thing, and every game thing. Honestly, it doesn't really matter to me because it's the Friday before the Super Bowl. So if you're ever going to have a Red Friday, today's the day to have a Red Friday. I say that as I'm not wearing red um, because I, I have a meeting. It I feels like, to, yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a lot to ask to have, already have to have gear, and I, it's fine. It's a fun trend. I like it. I do, do you like own it. Chiefs and if people gear? participate. I know you're not a Chiefs fan. Oh, me? But do no. You, no, you no, don't no. have like a shirt no. or a hat no. or anything? No, I, no, I've got like swag from things that I've covered for them, but no, like I'm not showing up to a Super Bowl in Chiefs gear. I, I don't, my, I'm going to call her out here publicly. My wife bought a Chiefs, like, sweatshirt. Really? After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela. The mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, keep in mind that my wife is a Chargers fan from San Diego, and she pulled that out. And at first, I I thought it was for one of my kids because they have, like, dress-up days all week. And I'm like, wait, that's that's big. I was like, is that your Chiefs shirt? And she just kind of looked at me, like, with this ashamed look. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what (laughs) did you do? And she's like, they left San Diego. They left me. What am I supposed to do? But, you know, this – let me tell you this, too. Women don't care. Like, they just want to be dressed like all their friends are dressed at the Super Bowl party or wherever they're going to go, right? Like, that's that's the reality. Now, I do have – let's see. And, I, and I've acquired these not because I went out and purchased them, though. I think I have purchased something only from Wichita State. But I, I that may have been for my wife. I don't know if it was for me. I, I own things from them. Like, I have a – I think I have a KU polo that – was a gift somehow and a Wichita State polo that was a gift somehow and a couple of like shocker shirts that have been gifts somehow. I don't think I have any K-State fans. I don't have any K-State gear. Like, what are we doing yeah. here? If I, uh, But uh, I don't have a problem repping those. I yeah. went to a Division two school. I'll show up in those in, to support those. And like that has no, but I'm not wearing Chiefs gear. Sorry, Chiefs fan. That ain't going to happen. If I uh, surprised you with the Houston Astros hat, would you rock that? I would uh, wipe my butt with it. By the way, did you see... <laughs> Did you see yesterday? Oh, you talk about fails in social media. They were trying to like celebrate Jose Altuve. What did they put? They something like celebrating that home run he hit it, at the end of a game to beat the Rangers. And it's like, are we serious right yeah. now? Like it says something like never forget. <laughs> like you lost that series. Uh, that like that. That's not. That's not it. That's not the one. Like of all the Altuve stuff you could have pulled, why would you pull that? They lost the series. Uh, yeah, no, don't don't give me an Astros hat. It'd be a waste of your money. Um, that's that's I, we, you guys know that that's now my most sports hate. There was a long time in my life that the 49ers were at that level of sports hate. They're not anymore. Uh, but if if you want to know who I'm rooting for, you know who I picked. I'm absolutely rooting for the Chiefs this weekend. There's no question about that. All right, eight six nine twelve forty. We'll come back more sports daily right after this. 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right. Uh, so NFL honors. Did you pay any attention to that, Tommy? I did not. Yeah, a little um, bit. I, I didn't watch it, but I followed along with the awards that were given out. So the one of the big things is the Hall of Fame class. Dwight Freeney, Andre Johnson, Devin Hester, Randy Gratishar, Patrick Willis, Steve McMichael, uh, and Julius Peppers, uh, good class. I like it. Um, so that that class is good. You know, no no issue there. The football Hall of Fame usually gets it right. the The awards, of course, Lamar Jackson's your MVP. No no surprise there. We thought that Kevin uh, Stefanski is the coach of the year for Cleveland. That's an interesting one. That that I could I could totally get on board with. The assistant coach of the year, I didn't even know was a thing. Can I jump in uh, real Joe quick Flock. about Stefanski? Yeah, I, have, yeah. I have no issue. Yeah. I think Stefanski did a fine job this year taking this team to the playoffs with all the different quarterback issues they had and finally getting it right with Joe Flacco. But how do you not give that to either 
D'Amico Ryans and what he did with a rookie quarterback and C.J. Stroud taking the Texans to the playoffs or Dan Campbell getting the Lions to the NFC Championship game. I'm not sure how you can give the award to Stefanski, but not one of those two guys instead. Who are the other two that you said? D'Amico Ryans or Dan Campbell. What Ryans did in Houston with C.J. Stroud and getting them to the playoffs yeah, when expectations were nothing, and then the Lions getting all the way to the NFC Championship game. The Lions were the projected pick to win their division, though, so I think there wasn't enough. Like They did, they were expected to be good. I think that's the issue with Campbell. Um, Ryans is who I would have given it to just based on expectation. Yeah. I, but but when you consider for the Browns that Deshaun Watson gave them almost nothing this year in the and they lost Nick Chubb, remember too. So you lose your best offensive player, your quarterback that like your your quarterback position is sort of a mess all year. Amari Cooper missed significant time. I I do think as the season played itself out. There's not a team that overcame more. But than think Cleveland. of it this way, too. I mean, you're comparing the Browns and the Texans. The Browns got bounced in a big way in the wild card round. The Texans yep. won a playoff game and moved on. Yep. You know, yep. so I, I think I, I, I would have given it to Ryan's. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Ryan's would have been the vote for me. But I absolutely and I and I had as the season went on more more like when I would do national stuff. Right. Because it matters less to us here. But what the Browns did this year was pretty remarkable. I mean, when Flacco was in peak Flacco and it was happening, and I'm like just recalling all the things that should have made Cleveland fail this year, and they didn't. It was I I think there is a really strong and good case to make for for Stefanski, um, offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm okay no with issue. it. Um, defensive player of the year is so subjective that I, I think it's always going to be, it's going to be hard. Um, you know, offensive player of the year is usually like the best non quarterback, right? That's kind of what they've made that because the quarterback is it's the MVP is a quarterback award. And so defensive player of the year, when you have to compare like defensive lineman to Deron Bland, let's say for Dallas, who broke the, you know, interception or touchdown thing. I, I don't know. It's really hard to compare defensive players. I think you just kind of have to look at as as most impactful, right? But I think there's a million guys you could give that award to, and they chose Miles Garrett. So I, I like the the Browns were well well awarded in this. We'll just say that uh, offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud was going to give nobody else a chance at that. If it wasn't C.J. Stroud, though, I would like to see where it would go next. Um, because I think Rashi Rice would have had a case there. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson. I don't really, you know, fine. Um, man of the Year, the Steelers get it this year. Cameron Hayward, I know that's a big one. Uh, and then, you know, whatever. They have they have a Deacon Jones Sack Leader Award? I'd never heard of that one before. I didn't either, yeah. Uh, TJ Watt, a lot of people thought he should have been the, the defensive MVP too. So, you know, that was uh, that was – that was there. I'm trying to look. The comeback player, comeback of, the player of the year is the, the one that I think got a lot of uh, attention because Flacco got it. DeMar Hamlin did not. And so there was a big debate about whether or not Hamlin got snubbed. Um, I, no, he didn't get snubbed. I mean, like, it's fine. The guy was he basically. He wasn't that. He, but he was basically yeah, I dead get on it. the field. And then he came back I and played it. in the NFL. It, it, but I, I totally understand. But he's not that good. 
Like, it's okay. What he did is remarkable, but he's not that good of a player, right? He's not very good. Comparatively, right? If you, like, listed him among well, his peers. Well, yeah. I, throw eggs at me all you want. But he, like, if he we're died looking at, on the field. I understand. And then he and came back and remarkable. played in the NFL. I, I get it, but that That's doesn't... The, that, 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 that is the absolute, like, epitome of comeback. There is nothing that you... You come back from the dead. How do you not win the Comeback Player Award? You came back from the, the dead. I love the DeMar Hamlin story. I do. It's it's one of the most incredible things we've ever seen for what it is. The Comeback Player of the Year Award can be a lot of different things. And I think Flacco is... Yeah, I'm fine with Flacco winning that award just because... Yeah, DeMar Hamlin came back. I get all that, and I love it. And again, he would have been my vote too. But it's not like he came back and played at a Pro Bowl level, right? He was not that kind of player anyway. So I don't have an issue with going more into how much success somebody had on the field as a part of the comeback player of the year. His is so unique. Like, I don't know what you do with it. Like, it, I don't even think it needs an award because it's such a remarkable thing that happened anyway. I mean, he's the way he's handled it. Like everything has been perfect. It's a perfect story, but does it have to fit into like cram into that award? Yes. I don't know. I, don't, yes, I guess it does. I don't have a. I don't have a problem with Flacco winning that award. I would have voted for Hamlin, but I don't have a problem with Flacco winning that award. Um, the other one that was close was Coach. Uh, he had like that 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 vote. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, Tommy. One more first place vote. It was razor thin on the Ryan Stefanski vote. All right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up right after this. Where can you get the best pizza? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 